Hi and welcome to Being Lutheran. Today's podcast is a little bit different. We're changing things up on you. Faith Free Lutheran Church recently had a Reformation conference, and the theme was justification. Today we'll be playing the presentation by Dr. Philip Haugen, professor of New Testament theology at AFLC Seminary, and his topic is the definition of biblical justification. All right, we're going to uh, be spending the afternoon, as most of you are aware, uh, looking at the topic of justification, justification by faith. Um, And this doctrine obviously stands at the center of Christian faith. Uh, Apart from the doctrine of justification by faith, we don't have the Christian faith. Uh, it's, it's called the queen of all the doctrines and so on because of its significance and importance. Uh, this is the doctrine that uh, at the time of the Reformation uh, was uh, whatever language we would use, it was reaffirmed or it was reemphasized or reestablished or, or whatever uh, by Luther and by the Reformers. And so this is the thing then that we're going to be focusing on. My portion of this is to attempt to give a definition of justification. And so that's what we're going to try to do here as we, as we go through uh, just some things. And there'll be some things on the screen here as well. Uh, the handout, is, you, can, you can throw it in the wastebasket if you want to. Do whatever you want. Some people just helps to keep track and so forth just to fill in blanks. You, you do whatever you want with it. As we seek to define this, some of you are going to be bored, all right? Because what's going to happen here is I'm going to give about 14 definitions of justification. And the reason I'm doing this is because uh, many times a, a definition is given and it doesn't click. It doesn't make much sense. But a second definition or a third or a fifth definition, oh, okay, that's what's going on. And so that's what we're going to do. So initially, as we go through this, uh, that's going to be the effort. And then uh, at the end uh, of the time that we have, I'm just going to try to uh, define justification in terms of what it is not. So first, it'll be more what it is, and then an effort to define it in terms of what it is not. Sometimes in that contrast, it helps to clarify for us what we mean. We begin then uh, with this particular verse so that we recognize that justification by faith is a biblical doctrine. It's kind of good to know that, right? Uh, And this would be one of hundreds of verses that we could use. Um, But this is Paul writing to the Galatian people then. Uh, We know that God is not, uh, that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. And notice here, and I'm used to being able to uh, point and uh, work with this, but if you would, if you can look at, Look at that verse up there and notice, as it says here, that three times in this verse, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, declares three times, he declares that justification is by faith in Christ. 
if you, if you notice that, if you look at it and so on, uh, the statement is made then, a man is, uh, the, the second line up there or whatever, is uh, not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? And then, just a little bit later, we believed in Jesus Christ, so that we may be justified, and then a third time, that we may be justified by faith in Christ. You, you begin to suspect in this verse, right, that, Paul's making a point. He repeats it three times and so on. It becomes something that's rather important, justified by faith. And then as well, three times in this verse, Paul emphasizes that this justification is not by works of law. And so three times that statement is made. A man is not justified by works of law, uh, that we are justified by faith and not by works of law, since by works of law no flesh will be justified. And so three times that's emphasized also. And again then we recognize and understand that this is what Paul is emphasizing here in this, and then we could go all over the place in Scripture and find other verses. I pull this one out <clears throat> just simply so that we recognize that there's a biblical basis for this as we discuss it and as we talk about it. Also, I would like to emphasize then, as we define justification, uh, we're we're defining it now specifically as it's used in Galatians 2.16. As it is used then in Scripture and so forth, uh, and in Galatians 2.16. And the reason I want to emphasize that then as well is because primarily in this session, we're going to be talking about personal justification, what is referred to then as subjective, personal justification. We're talking about justification by faith. Pastor Sam, next hour, is going to be discussing the object of historical justification in light of personal uh, subjective justification and and, uh, discussing that. Uh, Just for clarity here, most of the time as we go through this session, what we're talking about this business of what it is to be justified by faith in Christ, which is what we refer to then in terms of personal justification. I'd like to begin then here, and this is where we begin our definitions, with a lexical and all that that means. Uh, sorry, it means a dictionary definition. So, so let's begin. And these first three definitions all come from the lexicon, from the dictionary and so forth help us to understand it, explains a little bit what justification is, what it means, and so forth. First definition there, to justify means then to declare or to pronounce someone to be just. If you would notice there on the screen, I've underlined the word declare and I've underlined the word pronounce because that's absolutely crucial When you're talking about justification, brothers and sisters, we are talking about a declaration or a pronouncement. This is an announcement made by God, a declaration made by God in his court of law, where God then announces and proclaims in this divine court, he announces or he proclaims someone to be just, And then as well, notice how the word just is defined here, just in case anybody's wondering, okay, what does it mean to be just? Well, to be just means to be righteous. All right, well, maybe that doesn't help either. 
So what does that mean then? Well, to be just or to be righteous means to be such as he ought to be. Okay, now think about that for a moment, if you would. That's justification, to justify, to declare or to pronounce someone to be such as he ought to be. And again here, as we're thinking about it, and it becomes very important uh, for us to recognize this then, to be such as he ought to be, as determined by God Almighty. All right? We're not talking about determined uh, to be such as you ought to be in, by your neighbor. I'm not talking about that. Your neighbor will look at you and you, you helped him mow his lawn and so on, and he thinks you're a just and righteous person. And maybe you did it because you, for some selfish reason or whatever, but you can still be just as you ought to be in his sight. But we're not talking about in the sight of man. We're talking here about in the sight of the, the holy God, in whose sight then any imperfection, any sin, the tiniest, tiniest speck of sin, all of a sudden isn't good enough. And justification means then to declare or to pronounce such as you ought to be. Second definition then, and again it's related, just worded a little different. To, to justify means to judge or to declare worthy. And so again, if you're wondering what, what in the first definition, what just or righteous is and so on, well, it means to be worthy. But again, please notice, to judge or to declare. It doesn't say to make. It says to judge or declare to treat someone as worthy, whether they're worthy or not, is irrelevant. And in fact, we would say, as we think in terms of God, we're not worthy. That's beside the point. To justify means to judge or declare, to treat someone as worthy. That's justification. And then finally, the third definition there, to declare the accused guiltless, without guilt. To declare, to declare the accused innocent. And to declare the accused acquitted of a charge or a reproach. And again, then, this is not in a human court. It's one thing to go before a human judge and to be declared innocent. All right, good. This is in God's court. To go before God. And God declares. And it's a declaration. It's not because you are without guilt. Because you're not. Neither am I. It's not because we are innocent in ourselves and so on. Because we're not. We're guilty and so on. But in justification, God declares us in spite of who we are. In spite of what we are. He declares us without guilt and innocent. And then as well, here, I've got a couple of examples. Theologians' definitions is the way that I put this and so forth. And it's amazing to me how theologians can take one simple little sentence and then write 13 pages on it. And so this is what theologians do, and this is how they get paid and so forth, I suppose. 
But again, some of the definition here, it seems to me, just helps to clarify for us and sharpen for us our thinking about what we're talking about when we talk about justification. Mueller, in his book, Christian Dogmatics, and this is the textbook that we have been using anyway in seminary and so forth, it's beside the point. But this is the way he defines justification. He says, justification is the act of God by which he removes from the believer the sentence of condemnation to which he is subject because of his sin. And so there's this sentence of condemnation. The wages of sin is death, for example, and so on. There's a sentence of condemnation to which we are subject because of our sin. But justification is the act of God by which he removes this and releases us from his, our guilt and where God then ascribes to us the merit of Christ. And notice here something that's added now to this definition, and rightfully so, biblically, correctly, and so on. We've got the removal of the sentence of condemnation, the removal of the guilt and so forth, but then we also have this positive thing, which is a part of justification. And the positive thing is that God ascribes to you, he credits to you, And again, this is a statement, a declaration made by God, and he credits to you the merit of Christ. That's the positive aspect of justification. And all of that is part of justification, as we speak of justification by faith and so forth. So there's these two aspects. It's the removal of guilt, removal of the sentence of condemnation, but then it's also the ascribing of righteousness, That perfect righteousness of Christ. And all of a sudden, with that top definition there, all of a sudden what we're looking at and what we're hearing and so on there is the imagery from Scripture, Isaiah 61, which talks about uh, God dressing us with the robe of righteousness. He, He garbs us and puts this garment on, this righteousness of Christ, and we're robed with it. That's the positive aspect of this. Further then, second, uh, further definition, justification does not consist, and here, Mueller uses the word essentially. And I'll be honest with you, I'm uncomfortable with that word. Uh, I, I would have a tendency to cross that word out, and I would put it this way, justification does not consist at all. Okay, there, there's no part of justification that is the inward transformation of the sinner. All right? You think about that a bit. And it's important here as we define justification and what we're talking about in justification. Justification does not consist in the inward transformation of the sinner And it does not consist in his sanctification. All right? That is so important, brothers and sisters, to recognize that it's not an inward transformation. It results in an inward transformation. Okay? So justification results in that. It results in sanctification. But it's something different. It's other. 
And it's got to be kept separate. It's not an inward transformation. But rather than justification consists in the divine act by which, and here once more, and I should have underlined the word there again, by which God declares. He makes an announcement. This is a judicial decision on the part of God by which God declares a sinner righteous. And then notice what it says. And here's a further addition now to this definition, because here now the statement is made, for Christ's sake. You notice that? Justification, for Christ's sake. This is not for your sake. It's not for your sake. Thankfully, it's not for your sake. If we think that God does this for our sake, then immediately, if we're honest at least, we're going to, be start, we're going to start thinking, okay, well, it, this is for my sake, but mm, maybe, maybe I'm not quite worthy of this. You know, maybe God is so frustrated with me and so disgusted with me and so disgusted with my sin and so on that he's not going to do it. Right? That's what begins to happen. This is not for your sake that God declares this. He declares this for Christ's sake. And what that means then, it means because of who Christ is. And because of what Christ has done. That's what this means. For Christ's sake. It's for, it's for his sake. And you know what? God the Father is going to honor his son. And he's going to honor what his son has done. His son did a good job. When he lived his life and he suffered and died and rose again as a substitute for you and for me, Jesus did a good job. And God honors that. That's what this means. And it is for the sake of Christ that he declares the sinner innocent and righteous and so on. It's for Jesus' sake. And the comfort of that is, you see, you can't change who Christ is. That's the comfort of this. You can't change what Christ has done. It's done. He is. And so on. We change our circumstances. All kinds of stuff changes. Jesus doesn't. Absolutely the same. What he did in history cannot be changed. It cannot be undone. He did it. That's the beauty of this. Because then all of a sudden, this whole thing of being justified by faith, this whole thing stands on a solid rock, a solid historical rock event It stands on Christ. It stands on what Christ has done. That's the point of this, for Christ's sake. Justification is not essentially a change. And here again, notice this. It is not essentially a change by which man is made just. And that made there should be underlined also, really. That's not what it is. It's not that you're made just just. It's not that you're made righteous and so on, but instead justification is a change whereby you are declared 
And that's the difference again. Where you are declared just, you are declared righteous. You are declared to be everything that God wants you to be. You are declared that. And again, then, it is on account of the perfect righteousness of Christ, which he, the believer, then appropriates by faith. That's justification. And that distinction between being made righteous and being declared righteous is an exceedingly important distinction. Justification is not something that happens in you. It is not something that happens in you, people. All right? It is something that has taken place in the heart of God. And it is, it is a declaration that God makes concerning you. As soon as, and, and again, if you wonder why we emphasize it, and by the way, that last statement then, that's what's being emphasized. It's not a physical or a medical thing. It's not physical. It's not a change within you. It's not a medical thing where somehow you're healed. It's a judicial thing. That word forensic means judicial. It is a judicial declaration by God where he declares this. In spite of who you are, in spite of who I am, in spite of what we're like, he makes this glorious declaration on account of the perfect righteousness of Christ, because of the perfect righteousness of Christ. As soon as you begin to think that justification is something in you, a change in you that takes place and so on, Immediately, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to become a raving hypocrite, or else you're going to absolutely lose all assurance of salvation. Because as soon as it's something in you, it's going to be affected by sin, because you're a sinner and so am I. And if our righteousness before God, our justification before God is something within us, immediately we'll be aware, oh boy, I'm in trouble. Because I'm a sinner. That's how come this is so important. It's not a change in you. It's not something in you. It results in a change in you. Thankfully. Cheerfully and gladly and and with joy. It results in a change in you. But justification itself is not a change in you. It is a declaration on the part of God. And then finally, that third definition there as well. To justify signifies or means according to this forensic judicial usage. It means then to acquit a guilty one. But notice, person's guilty. Right? You're guilty. So am I in the court of law before God. And justification means then to acquit or to forgive a guilty one and to declare him righteous. Again, this declaration. But on account of the righteousness of another. That's the beauty of this. How come? Well, because of, on account of, because of the righteousness of another, namely of Christ, which righteousness of another is communicated to us by faith. And received by faith. 
That's justification by faith. Again, this is what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 5.21 when he says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf for us so that we might be the righteousness of God in him. That's what's being talked about there. That's justification. And then finally... Here, just in thinking of the definition, and we've got about 10 minutes uh, here to continue. But uh, this is from uh, the Lutheran Confessions, and I don't know what your reaction is to that. Some people react to, to the confessions and so on. You should not, all right? Uh, the Lutheran Confessions have been uh, uh, conformed, have been normed. Uh, have been judged by the Scripture and are simply an explanation of what Scripture teaches. And so the confessions are enormously valuable to us to, to teach us, okay, this is what the Scripture is teaching. This is what it means. And in the confessions, then, the definition of justification is the forgiveness of sins. That's what it is, that your sins are forgiven you. That's justification. That's the way they define it. And again here, just a couple of quick uh, samples of that from the Apology to the Augsburg Confession, Article 4, page seven, uh, paragraph 76. To receive the forgiveness of sins is to be justified. That's the way they define it. Uh, the Formula of Concord, Epitome, Article 3, Paragraph 7. Uh, according to the usage of Holy Scripture, the word justify means in this article to absolve, that is to declare free from sin. That's just a, that's the way they define it. And then, the, again, the uh, uh, Formula of Con- Concord, Solid Declaration, Article 3, Paragraph 30. Uh, the righteousness of faith before God stands only in the gracious reconciliation or the forgiveness of sins which is presented to us out of pure grace for the sake of the merit of the mediator. And again, the definition there of forgiveness of sins, that, that's what it is, that your sins are forgiven you. Now then, what does this mean? Why is it? Significant. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. There's the definition. Good. What does it mean? And why is it significant? And so then, if you would, to think about this, justification then is based upon, this is, this is what we're trying to say here. And again, this is the biblical, biblical understanding of this. It is based upon God's gracious disposition in Christ. That's the basis of it. In other words, the basis of justification is divine grace. Which is then, and here's what we've been trying to point out, which is outside of us. It's that which is outside of us. It is that which is in God's own heart. Though it is revealed and offered to us in the gospel. But it's outside of us. That's the beauty of this. 
That's the certainty of this. It is that which is outside of us. It is that which is in the heart of God for Jesus' sake because of what Christ has done. And that's how come there can be certainty about this and why we can have assurance. Further then, justification, once more emphasizing, is a forensic act, a legal act. In other words, it's an act in God's court of law by which God declares the sinner who believes in Christ to be righteous. It's a declaration. It's not a transformation of us. The transformation of us is the result. Justification itself is simply the declaration. And God says, this man, this woman is righteous. And there we stand. Isn't it an amazing thing? That there we stand in our wretchedness. And there we stand in our sin. And and all of that stuff. And you can uh, consider the, the most wretched person you can think of. And that person, he comes to faith in Christ. He stands before God and God says, righteous. I look at that person without sin. It's an amazing thing. And it's because of divine grace. And then finally, number C there, the righteousness of justification, and this is again a further observation or note, the righteousness of justification has no degrees, but is instantaneous and complete. And I would suggest, and I don't mean to accuse any of you, but I know me, and this is, a, this is an area that I've struggled with all of my life in honesty, with this idea that somehow this righteousness before God, where I, where I get this dumb idea that somehow if I could just do things better, if, if I could just be a better witness, if I could have better victory over sin, whatever, that somehow I would be more righteous in the sight of God, that somehow God would be more pleased with me if I could do that. I've struggled with that. I suspect maybe some of you have as well. The point of number C is that that's impossible. And it's unnecessary to, to, to think... This righteousness is instantaneous. Boom. The moment the Spirit of God works faith in our heart, and by faith we receive this right, boom. Completely and totally righteous, perfectly righteous. And, and you know what? You can't get any better than perfection. Right? That's the whole point. And the righteousness that is declared to you, that robe that's put over you and so on, that's the righteousness of Christ. Perfect. 
And, and so stop and think what it means if you actually start thinking. If I actually start thinking, man, if I could just do this a little better, God would be more pleased with me. Do you know what that is? That's blasphemy. In reality, that's blasphemy. Because what we're suggesting is that what Jesus did wasn't good enough, that somehow his, perfect, his perfection wasn't really perfect, and we can add something to it, you know, and do a better job. Boy, that's awful. And so the beauty of this, again, is that this righteousness has no degree. You don't grow in this righteousness. You don't. You don't start out, okay, well, you're kind of righteous, you know, partly righteous, but, you know, as time goes on, you get more and more righteous and so on. Absolutely not. The moment you come to faith in Christ and God declares you, you can't be any more perfect in the sight of God than you are. And, and notice what happens. And because when we realize that, then all of a sudden we're set free. Aren't we? In a good sense. And we're set free from that crushing burden of having to measure up to a particular standard in hope that God would be satisfied with it and so forth. We're free from that. You, you don't, you're free from it, man. You don't have to. Don't, don't even think of it. If you think of it, remember, oh, yeah, that's right. This is blasphemy. <laughs> and instead, we get to live our life gladly and freely and thankfully. It, because of love for the Father... And we live gladly and freely and without fear for the sake of our neighbor. We love our neighbor and we serve our neighbor and we help our neighbor and so forth because our neighbor needs that and that's what God wants for us and so on that we, that we serve. But we get to do it then freely. And you know what? When you love your, it doesn't matter if you don't love your neighbor perfectly because you're not going to anyway. See, you might as well, whatever you do, don't wait until your motives are pure before you go and do what you're supposed to. Go and do it. How come? Because that's what God wants. And before men, you don't, doesn't have to be perfect. You just do it. Because your neighbor needs it. And because God ministers to your neighbor through you and so on. And so there's a freedom in this. As we recognize then that this is not righteousness before God. And then finally, and I'm watching the time here, Pastor, as well. Don't, uh, yeah, what, what, whatever. Don't, don't do what you were thinking of doing. Um, and then finally then, faith justifies, faith itself is not a virtue or good quality in us. That somehow, oh yeah, okay, if your faith is strong enough and great enough and good enough and whatever and so forth, that somehow that quality is what earns for you or gains for you justification. Faith is a gift from God. It's a work of the Spirit of God in you through the means of grace, through the gospel. And it's simply then that because of the declaration of God, it is simply that means by which you receive the righteousness of Christ. That's all that it is. But it is that because that's what God declares. And then finally, the believer may be sure of salvation because salvation rests 
not upon his own worthiness, but upon the imputed worthiness, the imputed merits of Christ, given, charged, credited to your account. That's justification. This chart here, and we're not going to work our way through it. I don't know what happened there. The formatting is all goofed up, but that's beside the point. That, that chart, we're, we're, that's a summary, really, of what we've been talking about. I think, I, I think that chart is on the handout in its entirety, so you can look at it and, and examine it and so on. One of the things I would want to say, and then we're going to quit at this point, and that is whatever you do, brothers and sisters, whatever you do, be sure that you keep justification and sanctification separate. Okay, be sure you do that. That line, that vertical line between justification and sanctification, that line, you can't cross back and forth between justification and sanctification. The only connection between justification and sanctification is that justification is the cause. Justification is the mother. And sanctification is the result. So there is that relationship, and we acknowledge that. Sanctification is a result. Outside of that, whatever you do, don't ever take the righteousness of sanctification, which is before man lived out in the sight of men. Don't ever take that and try to bring it over into the presence of God. Don't do that. All right? Again, if you try to do that, if you do that, either you're going to be a total hypocrite that you actually think you can do something good enough that in the way that you do it, God will accept it. You can't do that. Either that or, again, you'll lose all assurance of salvation. Because as you bring that righteousness over into the presence of God, you'll realize, you know what, this really doesn't avail. And you're right, it doesn't. So you've got to keep these two separate and recognize the one is passive righteousness before God. The other is active righteousness lived out in the presence of your neighbor gleefully and cheerfully as you live your Christian life. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Join us next week as we continue to go through these presentations that were given at Faith Free Lutheran Churches Conference on Justification. God bless you and have a great week.